Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Good morning, everyone. All right, sweet, all five of you. Thank you. So uh, grateful to see uh, all of you this morning and uh, grateful that we can gather together and uh, here in this room and for those that are uh, joining virtually. Um, this uh, new, new, new week and new month, uh, we're, we're kicking it off with, uh, again, a, a time of acoustic worship uh, followed by a student-led uh, devotional. And before I just share a little bit more about that, uh, one more quick announcement. Um, uh, the Club Unite for More is sponsoring an event called Wake Up and Pray. It's a 24-hour uh, prayer and worship gathering that's happening in Student Center, the room 390, from 7 p.m. this Friday to 7 p.m. Saturday. Um, you can, uh, the information is on Instagram uh, and uh, Facebook, and I think we'll be emailing out the link as well, but you can sign up for as many one-hour slots to be able to join. It will also be a Zoom option as well. So I want to encourage you to participate in that. Um, it's going to be a, an awesome time and a way to, to really begin this month and to continue this season seeking after the Lord. Um, this morning, uh, though, we, we're, we are excited to be able to engage in, in, in a time of worship. And sometimes I think we can think of worship as something that, you know, we sing or something that we say. Um, worship truly is a lifestyle. It's who we are, um, that we are as worshipers. And our heart uh, is to encourage every single one of you this morning to equip you to not only worship with us this morning through song, through testimony, through sharing of God's word, but as we walk out the doors that we, we live a life of sacrificial worship. We live a life that is marked by a supernatural hope that actually gives others a, a, a reason to give, uh, to ask us for the reason for the hope that we have. And uh, th this morning, uh, we're, we have a senior nursing major, Megan Bennett, that's going to be sharing uh, a, a devotional testimony, and, and she... Um, I'm really excited about this, and it's going to be a powerful word about hope and just uh, some of her background and history and just God's faithfulness, and I think it's going to be an encouraging word uh, for each of you. And uh, Megan is, uh, I've had the privilege of having her in class a couple different times and just seeing the humility, the meekness, uh, the hunger and thirst after the Lord, and to really see uh, those that don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. And so she's pursuing after him through the profession of nursing. Loves to hang out with family, friends, read, craft in the, any free time that she does have. Um, but you're going to be able to hear from her just in just a few moments uh, in the middle of the morning. But um, I want to invite you, if you would, would you stand with me? And uh, let's pray together as the band leads us in song and worship through song. And Father in heaven, we want to come before you this morning recognizing that your mercy is new that your mercy meets us right where we are at. We thank you that we can come to you just as we are. So whatever we're thinking, whatever we're feeling, whatever circumstances, whatever hurt, whatever woundedness, whatever distraction, whatever pain, whatever angst, whatever it is that we are bringing, God, thank you that we don't have to hide that. We don't have to deal with it by ourselves. We can come to you with everything. But I thank you that in your, because of your grace, we can come to you as you are, but because you're a God of truth and love, we don't leave as we were. And so we trust, Father, that through these next moments, we will be transformed from one degree of glory to another, and that we will be further transformed into the image of the one who has saved us, which is you, Jesus. And that is why we are here. We love you. We exalt you. And we pray this in your name. And everyone said, amen. Good morning. My name is Megan, as Justin just said, and I am a senior nursing major. And today I just want to share some of my story um, mostly I just want to talk about hope 
because that's something that we throw around kind of freely. I hope you have a good day. I hope this, I hope that. But what does that truly mean? And how do we search for that even when life is hard, even when the world is going a little bit crazy around us? I think it's one of the most powerful words in my life because it keeps me grounded throughout a lot of storms that have happened. It's a choice that I have to make, and I have to keep fighting to make that choice, no matter what is happening in my life or what is not happening in my life. It's a conscious thought, it's a conscious choice, and I just need people to constantly remind me, and I wanna be someone who reminds other people that hope is powerful and it has such a place in our lives, but we have to keep choosing it and we have to keep walking in it. There's a lot of times in my life that I have had to fight for hope. Sometimes I didn't think that I would be able to fight for that hope, but God has continually been faithful to provide me with that hope, to provide me with that hope and peace. I grew up in Rwanda, East Africa. Um, my parents are missionaries there, and they've been there for 35 plus years. So that's home to me. I came back to college here four years ago, and that was the first time that I'd really lived in America for more than a year. So Rwanda is where my heart is, and Rwanda is my home. Rwanda has been fighting for hope for a long time. They had a genocide about 20 or so years ago, and they lost a million people in less than three months. So they know what it is to fight for hope, to fight for forgiveness and healing. And so I've always grown up just wondering about the power of hope and seeing it in the lives around me. I've also, when I was two years old, my mom died of cancer. And the years following that, my dad took us back to Rwanda after we'd been here fighting and getting her treatments. Um, my dad knew that God would provide for him. And so he kept doing what God called him to do and he went back to Rwanda as a single dad with two girls under five. So that was what he felt he needed to do. Our family did not quite agree with that, but God provided us another family with all the missionaries that we were surrounded by, all of our missionary aunts and uncles, and God provided that community and that support that we needed, and those relationships are some of the closest relationships that I have still to this day. So a beautiful thing came out of that loss. At the age of four, I asked Jesus into my heart because I saw my dad talking about Jesus and I wanted to be like my dad. And so I figured I should probably do that too because that's what he was doing. And we all know that in those early years, you don't really know much about God. You just have that childlike faith and you trust that God is this good, gracious being. Um, after my mom died, my dad's sister and I would pray every single day for five years that God would give us a new mom. Our hearts and lives were really gaping with that loss of a mom and a mom figure. My dad is great, but he's just, he's not a mom. <laughs> he couldn't braid our hair. He couldn't feed us well. So we needed a mom. And that was the first time that I really started to think about prayer because I'd pray all the time with my family. But I was too young to really understand what was happening. But 
that was a seed that was planted of God answering prayer because five years later, after my mom died, God provided through eHarmony of all places, a missionary in Japan to marry my dad who was in Rwanda. So God went above and beyond all of our expectations, all of our hopes for that. And he can do incredibly powerful and miraculous things if we let him. He's also been healing me and my family through that whole process, through my dad getting remarried, through the transitions, and just through loss and grief. And he's been healing me in a lot of ways. There's a lot of moments that I've needed healing in my life. There's a lot of moments in my story that have created this anxiety, especially related to anything medical. Um, we had to suddenly leave Rwanda as soon as my mom found out that it could be cancer. We left my entire home, everything that was normal and safe to me, to come to America, which seemed really foreign and scary and overwhelming as a two-year-old who didn't know what was happening. God provided, though. He provided my aunt and my uncle, who took us into their home. My parents had to be at doctor's visits almost every day, and so they would be gone, and they couldn't take us every day. Um, so we stayed with my aunt and uncle, and the bond that we formed in those years is unlike anything I've ever experienced. And we became daughters in that family, as well as my own family. Um, and those relationships are so precious to me. That offered me stability. It offered me just love and that motherly affection that I got from my aunt, as well as my uncle being there and being present. This was important for me when I came back to college, um, or came back to America for college, because I didn't know anything about America. I had been here for years before that, but I didn't know how to be an American because I was a Rwandan. <laughs> my Aunt Diane, though, was that stability in my life, and she was consistent. She would listen to me. She would give me advice on taxes and how to do anything related to my car. My uncle would help me with that. And in 2019, or 2018 actually, um, we started another battle with cancer in our family, and this time it was that aunt, Aunt Diane. My heart was immediately just so overwhelmed by fear and by disbelief. I didn't think that God could possibly take away another one of these core people that I loved so deeply. And I also was afraid of what that would mean for my faith and what it would mean about God if he didn't heal her. So I lived for two years just in constant denial, really, and I didn't know how to think about it, how to process it. Um, when COVID shut down the dorms, though, um, the borders closed in Rwanda, and my parents had to stay there because there were no flights out. And so I was like, oh, <laughs> where do I go now? I don't really have my parents to go home to. Um, and I called my Aunt Diane because that's who I always called about everything. And she said, well, obviously you have to come home. And I was like, no, I can't bring COVID to you because you're already fighting cancer. You don't need to fight COVID too. And she said, no, there's, there's not even a question in my mind. I'm not concerned about the risk. You need to come home. And so I did. 
And I had no idea what the next few months would hold, and I had no idea that that would be one of the biggest gifts that I could have received, is that extra time with her. She got bronchitis in early January, and so she had been fighting it. And then when I went home in early March, um, she just kept going on a decline, a decline, a decline. And it didn't look good. We didn't know what was happening. Um, but throughout those moments of just intense grief and impending loss, we had great conversations. I never would have had those conversations with her had I been three hours away here. Um, and I got to help care for her in tangible ways um, that she had cared for me for my entire life. And it was finally my chance to be present for her and to take care of her and take off some of the burden for them. God was so faithful in providing support in that time because I didn't know how I was going to finish the semester. I, my brain was just a million miles away all the time, and I just wanted to be present. But God just would help me focus. When I needed to focus, I was able to focus. He provided my professors, who were incredibly gracious, and just worked extra hard with me to make sure that I passed. And I passed the hardest semester of nursing school while I was watching my aunt die. And it, it doesn't make sense how that's possible. But God is so faithful. And he, he was performing so many miracles in that time. It wasn't the miracle that we were hoping for, that he would heal her. But I had to remind myself that I was praying for miracles and God was answering. God was helping me pass. He was opening doors for conversations that wouldn't have happened otherwise. God had provided my aunt as my second mom when my own mom died. She was our steady person, and he never left us. He never left us to fend for ourselves without a mom. He provided people all throughout my entire life to be that mom to us, to be that love and care and just compassion and that gentler side. To this day, I still question. I wonder what he's doing. I grieve. I, I don't understand it still. But I do know that he has been so beyond faithful and that when I choose to keep holding on to that hope that I know is so faithful, that I know that God is going to continue to guide me and he's going to give me the support that I need, the strength that I need for every day. My aunt, when she was diagnosed, she, I remember her saying the first thing out of her mouth was, but I promised your mom that I would take care of you. And I don't know what's happening, but I know that God is going to take care of you no matter what the outcome of this is. And like I said, this was not the outcome that we were hoping for. She died in May, and it had been a, a crazy fast process. But that was one of my deepest fears of losing her because she was one of my core people. And I, I was completely shaken by it, and I was fearful of who was next in my family, who I would lose next. But God has been reminding me that I'm not a victim of these things. These, this is a 
This is the world that we live in. It's not that he's not listening to me. It's not that he's not faithful. He is so faithful, and he's been providing. He provided missionary aunts and uncles to come to her funeral to support us as my parents couldn't come. He provided just those grades to pass nursing school and to not be held back. And ultimately, I got so much closer to my family than I ever even dreamed. And we were already close before then. So that was a huge gift. And throughout the whole process, I just, I constantly had to remember, today I'm choosing hope. Today I'm choosing that God knows what he's doing, even if I question what he's doing completely. God is so faithful, and he, he's able to give us that hope and that peace, even when we think that it's completely impossible. So this May, I will graduate as a nurse, and I never thought that I would become a nurse. I had a lot of fear, like I said, related to anything medical. Every time someone would ask me what I wanted to do, I would say, I want to do something with babies, but I will not be a doctor, and I will not be a nurse, and I will never work in a hospital. And apparently God thought that was really funny, because here I am, going to be a nurse. And throughout college, God put that idea in, on my heart to do nursing, and I honestly couldn't think of anything that I wanted to do necessarily, so I was like, okay. Fine, I'll do nursing. And it was incredible to me to see from even that first clinical, the fear was gone, the anxiety was gone. I could walk into that hospital and care for people and see hurting people literally everywhere um, and not be so deeply grieved by that. Well, I was grieved by that, but it wasn't an anxiousness anymore. And I'm really excited that I have the opportunity to reach out to people who are hurting. There's so many hurting people in this world. They aren't just in hospitals, they're everywhere. And I love that God has used my story to give me that compassion that I need, that empathy, that soft heart and eyes that want to see. Because we all have our own burdens, but that doesn't mean that we can't also see other people. We can't carry their burdens all alone. We definitely need the Lord to help us in that. Um, one of the most, one of my favorite verses is Lamentations 3, 21 to 23, which says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Something that I keep saying throughout this talk and just throughout my life is I have to call it to mind. What does that mean? That means it's an action that I have to take. It's not just, oh, I hope I hope today or I hope I have peace today. Um, it's a conscious decision that we have to make. And God delivers on that. He's so faithful to give us that hope and that encouragement and that stability. He's steadfast. And that is another word that just sticks out to me about God, that he, he's not moved by all these rocks and waves and 
crazy things that happen in life. He's so constant and he's just present and he's faithful to provide for us. Everywhere we look around the world today, there's pain, there's suffering, there's injustice, there's things that just make our blood boil because it's just, it's not how God made the world to be. He didn't intend for this to be the way things are. But we have a choice. We have a choice to look out besides ourselves. We have a choice to actively seek truth and to actively seek to encourage those that we're around. And we can carry other people's burdens and we can share in that. It's such a powerful feeling to know that your story is gonna reach other people. Because I've experienced the things that I have, it gives me an immediate connection to people who are grieving, who have lost things, to missionary kids, to people who just don't fit. I've grown up, because of growing up overseas, when I came to America, I didn't fit at all. I have an American passport, my accent fits, everything seemed like I would fit here, but I, I was not an American. And that made me feel just really misunderstood, and I had a choice to make again. Do I just let this misunderstanding keep me from other people and keep me from being present, or do I use this to relate to other people and to share with them the hope that I've found even through those experiences? I wouldn't have planned all of these steps that I've taken, not in the least bit, but ultimately, they, they've changed me. They've shown me the heart of God and how his heart breaks for these people who are hurting. He, his heart breaks for me and when my heart is hurting. And that has just changed how I see the world. It has changed how I see the heaviness even in this season of life right now where there's heaviness everywhere and it seems like I have my own burdens, and I can't possibly see what's happening around me. I can't care about everyone. I can't, all of these things. And that's not what God asks us to do, I don't think, because it's true. We can't carry every single person's burden. But we can care, and we can pray, and we can ask God to continually show up and to help us to be those people of peace and of hope and of joy. So this week... I just want to challenge you to reflect on these things, to reflect on God's faithfulness to you. And if you're in a season right now where you're wondering how he's being faithful, I, I get it. And I'm totally with you right there in that spot. And I'm also here to tell you that you, you will see God's faithfulness when you look for it. Because... There's tons of little things all along the way that God is being so faithful for. And it, again, it's not those big things all of the time, but it is all the little things, and those things matter. Hope is an effort, so I also challenge you to just think about ways that you can choose hope this week and to choose, no, I'm going to fight against the fears in my head and the beliefs that I can't do this. The beliefs that I don't know what's happening in the world and I can't do anything about it. Another verse that has been really challenging to me and encouraging 
is Psalm 27, 13 to 14, which says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Waiting is hard work, and it requires hope at the end to know that whatever you're going through right now is gonna end, and that it'll be worth it, and that something better is coming. And it is, guys, there's so much hope and there's so much peace in knowing Jesus. With the Lord, you know that you're going to make it. He's faithful, he's good, and he's so gracious. No matter what you're going through right now, he sees you. And there are other people who also see you. So don't be afraid to reach out because that's what we're here for. We're here to walk together, to hold hope for each other when we can't hold it for ourselves. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for being the God of hope and of peace. Thank you for being present in each step. You're faithful and good, and we declare that, Lord. Help us to hold on to that when we can't see up from down when we see pain and suffering all around us and it's just overwhelming when we're experiencing pain ourselves and grief. Lord, I pray that you would give us courage to be that hope for other people, to be that hope for ourselves because it takes so much courage and strength to do that. But you are faithful, Lord, and please continue to remind us of that as we go throughout the week, as we go throughout the month, Lord, just remind us that you're present and that you are faithful. We love you so much, Lord. In your name I pray, amen.